Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan and Amy continues now. And make sure to stay tuned to catch me, Mike Gallagher, coming up at 9, only on AM 560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So the odds of winning the uh, billion-dollar lottery are what? Well, if you win both the Mega Millions and the Powerball, the odds are 1 in 88 quadrillion. 88 one in 88 quadrillion, yeah. which Mike Scott said is 15 zeros. Uh, that's uh, about the same as the odds that uh, Crown Prince MBS didn't know about the right. murder and dismemberment of one Jamal Khashoggi. Uh, still uh, uh, dealing with this issue as and uh, is the Trump administration. Uh, difficult issue because of the geopolitical importance of Saudi Arabia in the Middle East and uh, this uh, arms deal that we just secured with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Trump is getting some real criticism from some usual suspects, but nonetheless, uh, Max Boot writing in the Washington Post, Trump has given every despot on the planet a license to kill. Uh, He uh, cites, does Boot, Trump's rhetoric uh, President Xi of China is great. Uh, Duterte in the Philippines is doing an unbelievable job on the drug problem. Erdogan in Turkey. Uh, uh, c- he was congratulating Erdogan in Turkey for winning his, the rigged referendum. Uh, he declared his love for Kim Jong-un in North Korea, talking about how they get along. Right. And this is all uh, evidence, Max Boot suggests, that the only thing that matters, his words, the only thing that matters to this intensely solipsistic president is how other rule, rulers treat him, how they treat their own people or even their neighbors is irrelevant. And I don't think that's really fair uh, because there's Trump's rhetoric and then there's Trump's actions. And when it comes to his actions to unwind the Iran nuclear deal, when it comes to his actions to impose sanctions on Putin, even while rhetorically he says, ah, we get along, we had a good meeting there in uh, Scandinavia a couple months back, and uh, there's there's different things. So he's, you know, Norman uh, Vincent Peale, always on the positive with respect to his relationships with people who are otherwise uh, constructively engaging him, he believes. But it doesn't mean that that, that always translates into policies that is favorable policies that are favorable to them or their country and Iran and Russia and China tariffs on China, I should add, are three pretty powerful examples. For more on this topic, uh, we're pleased to be joined again by James Carafano, Lieutenant Colonel James Carafano, U.S. Army veteran, author of the book Surviving the End, books Surviving the End, as well as uh, Wiki at War, Conflict in a Socially Networked World. Jim, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Good to be with you. So um, how do you assess the president's handling of uh, the Khashoggi matter? And uh, also, if you would, address Max Boot's criticism of President Trump. You know, I thought, I thought the way you framed it was uh, appropriate. I mean, I think what the U.S. does is a combination of rhetoric and action. And you have to look at both of them to understand U.S. policy. I think the problem is you can have any Trump you want if you cherry pick a comment or a statement and then try to devolve the policy from there. But you have to look at the, the context of everything we're doing and and then try to put Trump's comments in context. You know, he is a strategic communicator, but he uses his communications for different reasons at different times. You know, sometimes it's 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 like the 
the uh, good cop, bad cop you see on Law and Order. You know, Trump is delivering the the positive message, but he has other people delivering the not so positive measures. So I I think you have to be more statesmanlike than Max's assessment and actually evaluate them like a statesman. On, on this, I would say right now and what's going on with the Saudis, I think the U.S. is doing the right thing. We do have to worry about our credibility and how people view our actions, and we should take our we should do take our actions based on facts. And uh, for all the reporting that's been the last week, we actually don't have any more concrete facts than we had on almost day one of this crisis, which is we can we can believe that he went into the consulate. Uh, we can believe that nobody has seen him since, but almost everything else is based on reporting, leaks, comments, promises. Um, and and I think that for the credibility of the United States, we have to be better than that. Well, so we have you... to make policy based on what we can actually prove. I thought, just to say, you know, what the British did with the Skipperall poisoning incident, that was a textbook in how it's supposed to be done. The British did a credible investigation, and then it was easy to rally world support for, for that because it was credible, it was transparent, it was provable. So the gut-wrenching information that Turkish officials uh, allegedly leaked or gave to CNN, <clears throat> you believe could be fake news? I mean, they said that it I, took I seven minutes to cut up his body and the, the lead guy put on music, put on headphones, and suggested others put on headphones while they um, dismember him and that he was I, alive I during the process. Do you know? No, I, no. Yeah, that's, I mean, we don't. I mean, I mean uh, this is a murder investigation. And, you know, and I think we have to treat it like a real murder investigation. And I think that has to drive U.S. policy. And people want to do all kinds of things. Look, I think Congress should be involved. Like, you know, we might look at the different actions we might take. But Congress is not even going to come back and look at this until after the midterm elections. So we have several weeks to get a lot more facts and a lot more information and make a lot more sober policy. This issue isn't going anywhere. And I think it's as important that the U.S. get it right as that we get it fast. Uh, and the um, I mean, it's interesting what the D.C. press corps does. Right. They report more and more uh, salacious details in in lieu of actual substantiation for the leaked information. So, I mean, you know, they could have been listening to Dirty Deeds Done Dirt Cheap. That's what we're going to hear next. You know, oh, my gosh, I, the, the the more responsible position seems to me actually taken by Graham Wood over the Atlantic, which is. Turkey should release the Khashoggi tapes. So uh, he doesn't want to hear them, but somebody should hear them. Forensic uh, investigators should hear them. What do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, I think we should have sent, we should have sent Pompeo to Turkey and uh, Riyadh. We should have sent the FBI director. Um, sending the message that we want a credible investigation and an appropriate release of facts and information. You know, you know we always, we're always bashing the press. I had a reporter from a... Um, the news outlet called me yesterday and said, you know, I've got 14 rumors right here in front of me. Uh, what do I do with these? Because right. I can't verify any of this. How do I report on any of this? Um, and he, and, and to their credit, uh, you know, I've been looking at his byline and, and, you know, they're not just reporting on every single rumor and, and, uh, and spin that comes across their desk. I, I think that's really responsible journalism. Yeah, I sure. Up some write an article on that. Sure. It's not like, a, it's not like the, they're not treating the Saudis like they treated Kavanaugh. So that's encouraging. You know, I think there are analogies to this. Um, I, I, I know Trevor, what's his name went after Trump for, for raising that, but I think it's, 
it's we should let the facts drive the policy. You know, I, I get these innumerable questions about, well, what should we do? What should we do? Well, actually, you know, if a malicious act was done and the government doesn't deal with it responsibly, there's actually a lot in U.S. law that says what we can and what we should do. Actually, executing the policy is the easy part once we know the facts. Well, did, what did you make about his last op-ed that was published uh, today in the Washington Post where he you know, was pushing for a, an offering, a, w- would like to have a free press in Saudi Arabia? Well, I mean, I mean, this is why this is an issue to begin with. I mean, he was a strident criticism critic of the administration. And in turn, the administration actually you know, tried to engage with him. And and that got him more attention and actually made him more influential. And, and, the, and the relationship between... Uh, then became more antagonistic. So clearly, um, the the Saudis had an axe to grind with with this guy, and and so that does speak to motive, and and I think that's why I think people are realistically concerned about what the government may may not have done. So and that's why this is an issue to begin with. All right, I want to uh, continue to engage in reckless speculation here, but in a different topic, <laughs> uh, Mueller uh, reportedly ready to deliver. The findings of his Trump probe shortly after the midterm elections. Rod Rosenstein giving an interview to the Wall Street Journal yesterday, um, uh, essentially defending the legitimacy of Mueller's investigation, calling it appropriate and independent. What do you anticipate uh, from the forthcoming Mueller report? Yeah. Yeah, good luck getting me to speculate on that. Oh, oh come on. You know, I, I you know, you what is baby. the virtue of, no, what is the virtue of speculating when you know we will know the results of the port report relatively? I want to know now. Oh, yeah. We don't have attention spans. <laughs> I want what I want so. when I want it, Jim. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fine. Yeah, you know, good luck on that. Um you know, I, I, What about the investigation the lessons, itself? Regardless of what the result of this is, you know, you we, you need to think long and, and carefully before you appoint a special counsel. Mm. Um, there, there is an appropriate – we just had a great uh, event on this on Heritage. It's on heritage.org. People go back and look at the tape. Um, there, there, there's an appropriate role for a special counsel, and, and I just think you need to take that, and, and it's, it's very, very seriously. And this is, I think, a case study in being thoughtful about the decision to appoint one to begin with. And maybe – that's the conversation we should have after we get this results. It has nothing to do with what they conclude or anything else, but whether that was the right instrument to begin with. All right. He is Jim Carafano. He's the director of the Douglas and Sarah Allison Center for Foreign Policy Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Also, U.S. Army veteran books include Surviving the End and Wiki at War, Conflict in a Socially Networked World. Jim, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. There's only one radio show in Chicago talking about today's biggest stories and telling you what they really mean. That show is this one. Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.